0: Hello, uh, my name is uh, Luke McFarland, and I'm the, the grandson of uh, Gloria McFarland. I'd like to welcome everyone here and express my gratitude for you being here today, um, and, and welcome you uh, for, on behalf of the entire McFarland family um, to the memorial service of Gloria McFarland. I want to thank you for coming, and uh, as we, today we remember her life and um, everything that she did at her time here, and also celebrate the impact that she had. On each of us here, um, I'd like to begin just with a word of prayer. Uh, Lord God, uh, we know that um, just as you're with us here now, um, you were with her, with with my mom, as I as I call her, um, her entire life. You were there for every step of, of her journey um, from birth to now, and um, we're grateful, God, that you are still with her um, and that she is with you now. Um, we're thankful for how you uh, used Mom, Mom uh, during her life. Uh, you used her to love so many people and um, to care for so many people, and express your love um, to others. Um, we're grateful for that you used her to to show your generosity to others, and that you you um, just as you've loved and, and cared for us in so many ways, you allowed uh, Mom, Mom to be a demonstration of that with her her generosity towards towards others. And we're also grateful that you used her to bring life to so many people um, through her, her fun sense of humor um, and uh, just to cheer up people's lives. Um, we ask today that uh, you would use this service today to, to um, use her memory to inspire us and to um, that her, her the memory of her will allow us to, um, to live in a way that honors you. And um, also that we would even just consider this time, uh, use this time to consider who we are and, and, and consider our lives in the face of eternity um, while we're here. Uh, Guy, especially today, we, we press into um, the reality of the gospel and uh, the hope of the resurrection now more than ever. Amen. Um, we will uh, read the obituary now. Uh, Gloria Annette McFarlane. 84-year-old resident of Silent Springs, Arkansas, died on April 30th, 2021 at the Maples in Springdale, Arkansas. She was born on July 30th, 1936 in Miami, Florida, to Henry Ford Gilmer and Brett Pierce Gilmer. Gloria graduated from Miami High School and attended Morris Hill College. She married Howard Miller McFarlane on March 23rd, 1957 in Miami, Gloria was a devoted mom, adored her great and grandkids, and was great grandkids and grandkids and was a lifelong animal lover. She worked as a realtor in Boca Raton, Florida, where she also taught Sunday school, sang in the church choir, and was an enthusiastic band mom. She was a member of First Baptist Church in Salem Springs. She was preceded in death by her husband Howard, son John Howard McFarland, sister Dorothy Dot Hale and her parents, Brett and uh, Henry Gilmer. She is survived by her son, Kevin Hunter McFarlane, and wife, Laura, of Salem Springs, four grandchildren, Kyle Hunter McFarlane and wife, Tori, of Houston, Texas, Virginia Elizabeth Ginger McFarlane, of Bentonville, Arkansas, Luke Howard McFarlane and wife, Emily, of Austin, Texas, and Lydia Grace McFarlane of Conway, Arkansas. Two great-grandchildren, Julia Grace McFarlane, and Charlotte Hunter McFarland, and sister, Marion Roos, of Asheville, North Carolina. Um, So we are going to have uh, each of the grandchildren um, speak and share a few words and memories um, about Mom Mom, uh, Gloria McFarland in the next next coming time here. Oh, but first, would everyone please stand for uh, a song?
1: Uh, thank you all once again uh, for coming here. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm Kyle McFarland, uh, one of the grandkids of Gloria, uh, or Mom Mom, uh, as, we, as we called her. Uh, so I've been asked um, to, uh, and it's my privilege to, uh, share some, a few memories of Mom Mom. Um, um, and, it, you know, it, it's hard to pick, you know, just a couple, um, but I'll do what I can. Um, so, you know, some of the, the big ones are just um, summers with them, whether that be summers that we spent at their farm in Roan Mountain, Tennessee, um, working out in the orchard with pop pop um, things like that, or, or being able to go on um, extended trips with them in an RV, um, benefits of, of Dad having uh, teaching at JBU for so long was having the summers off, uh, and so they were able to uh, bring their RV along with us. Uh, we were able to spend you know extended periods of time in, in for example, outside of washington d c um, uh, lots of lots of Christmases, whether that be in, here in Arkansas with them. Um, or out in Tennessee, uh, at their house, first in on Mountain, uh, and then outside of Johnson City. Um, and uh, you know some of those those special memories of whether it be camping with them or spending a uh, night um, at their house, spending time with them there was you know we, we as kids we would take turns um, spending a night in their room. Um, and so you, you know you'd always um, hear uh, my mom and pop up, kiss each other goodnight. Um, Which, you know, as kids, you're like, ooh, gross. Um, But, you know, now looking back on it, it is such a a special memory. Um, And, uh, you know, I I think about um, now my own relationship um, with my wife and how uh, invested my mom was and how excited she always was for for relationships. And so I can remember um, her saving uh, her mother's great mother's ring um, for us. And so going over to to my mom's house, um, picking up that ring when I decided to uh, ask Tori to, to marry me and how excited she was to be able to be a, a part of that process. Um, you know, I was, I was trying to play it all cool. Um, like, no, this isn't a big deal. Obviously, it was. Um, but uh, and so she was kind of trying to play, play it cool as well, but she was, you know, positively giddy, so excited to go down to the jewelers with me and help get it um, restored and, and refurbished um, and just how proud she was of um, being able to just have that part, even that little spark, um, in the story. Um, And so I think that kind of highlights the things that I wanted to to highlight with her in the memories, um, with just how much she invested in relationships, how much she invested in people. Um, So now my daughter, Julia Grace, uh, and and Charlie, but talking here about Julia Grace. (laughs) Do you wanna come up for this part?
2: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Say hi. Hi. (laughs)
1: Um, so, so Julie Grace wasn't really old enough to remember Pop Up, uh, no. maybe a little bit, um, and so she's been been learning a little bit about you know family and ancestors and, and DNA and, and you know genetics and things like that. And so one of the things that uh, that she, she talked about just a couple of days ago um, was just how you know my mom is a part of her now, and so um, my mom is a part of, of Kevin, my dad part of me, and now ultimately part of, of her and of, and of Charlotte. Um, and so um, that's, that's my mom's legacy, I think, sitting here in this room um, with her kids, her grandkids, and her great-grandkids. Um, and so we have lots of precious memories of my mom, mom um, but her legacy is continuing on um, in each of us. So um, that's all I have. Thank you all. Um,
3: I think it's your mom.
4: So there's a there's a story that a lot of you have probably heard by now whether it was from my mom's Bible study or just um another time because she loves to tell it. And the way she tells it, I was I think she said I was 9 or 10. I maintain that I was several years younger. I think 4 or 5 uh is what I maintain. Um But uh, mom, mom, and I uh, were both born in July. She was born on July 30th, and I was July 23rd. So she was exactly um, a week after mine. And she told me when I was four or five years old, um, she showed me this, this beautiful ruby ring that she had, ruby and diamond ring. And because ruby is the July birthstone, she said, now, Ginger, one day when mom, mom goes to be with Jesus, you will have this ruby ring because we share that July birthday and that will be yours. And uh, yeah, I I think that I tried to play it a little cool, but I I couldn't quite contain my excitement because driving home from Tennessee, back from their house all the way back to Arkansas, um, the the way my my parents tell me is my voice piped up from the back and I said, you know, mom and dad, when, when mom mom goes to be with Jesus, it will be a very sad day but there will be one happy thing. And that's because I will have that ruby ring. <laughs> so there are, there are lots of lessons uh, I learned from mom, mom, and lots of, um, lots of things I could talk about. Clearly, clearly one uh, feature of her personality was that she had a, a great sense of humor and wasn't afraid to laugh at herself because she loved that story too. And she would tell it to anybody who would listen. Uh, and, and she said it was hilarious to see the, the glint in my five-year-old eye, imagining me peering over the casket with my ruby ring and, and looking down at her. And I felt, I felt a little odd telling that story today. I didn't want to seem like I was um, you know, making light of her passing, but I think that she would be disappointed in me if I didn't tell that story <laughs> because it was, it was a story that she loved. And I am wearing that ruby <laughs> ring today. <laughs> so. And I have to say, speaking of legacies, um, I was telling Julia Grace about this ring. And she said, well, have you thought about who you'd like to give that ring to someday? (laughs) And I said, I don't know. I don't think I know anybody who would want that ring. And she said, well, I would want that ring. (laughs) And maybe Charlotte too, but I think not as much as me. So we'll have to negotiate those terms later. So Mom Mom had a great sense of humor. Something else that I learned from her coming back to the ring, and I didn't learn this until I was a lot older, um, and you start to kind of learn more about the the complexities of human relationships in in your family history. Um, I had always assumed that this ring was one of the many uh, beautiful pieces of jewelry that Pop-Up had bought for her because she loved jewelry and he loved buying it for her. But the actual story of how she got this ring... um, was uh, she had a, a difficult relationship with her father. He hadn't really been there for her family growing up, and they had been estranged for many years. Um, and when he got to his elder years and needed more care, um, she was the the daughter who showed up and took care of him and um, set her her pain and her... Victimization aside that was all justified, and uh she was she was there for him um, when he needed someone and didn't really have anyone else to be there and uh, After he died, she took a little bit of her inheritance from him, I think, and bought this ring for herself um, which might seem like a an odd story to to be inspirational in a way it's it's maybe an odd story um, but looking at this ring, I think it's a beautiful. It is a beautiful legacy and a beautiful story because um, that was something that mom-mom was good at. Um, she put her relationships first and her love for other people first, even when she disagreed with you, even when she had been hurt by you, even if you had hurt, even if she had hurt you, if you had hurt her, um, she disagreed with you, if she didn't understand you, um, that couldn't stem her, her generosity and her love for other people. Um, she made an effort regardless of uh, her own feelings to make sure that you were loved and you were included. And uh, that's what I see when I look at this ring. I think that's something that's hard for all of us to do. It's certainly hard for me to do to express love and generosity um, to others, when I disagree with them, um, but mom modeled that to me, and um that's a way I when i that I want to be like her um, when i uh went to the maples to be with her um, last Thursday, she was not really conscious or um, responsive she was pretty um pretty. Out of it, um, and, and and somewhat restless, she'd have periods of restlessness. Um, but the nurse said she could she could still hear us, um, and so I would I just spent several hours there, just talking to her and, and singing hymns to her, and I tried to think of songs um, she would know. And um, so this is one of the ones that I sang to her, and, and it seemed like there were moments, even though she couldn't really respond. Um, It seemed like there were moments when I would sing and she would almost just kind of grow peaceful and go still, um, almost as if she was listening.
0: I didn't introduce myself, but again, I'm Mr. Farland, grandson. Uh, so I, I was um, thinking of several memories, and um, I said I, I, there's a few attributes, I guess, of mom mom that I wanted to, to highlight um, and bring up today. Um, and so um, one of the, the things I wanted to mention was felt like needed deserved to be mentioned was her kind and sensitive heart. Um, she she was always very sensitive and, and, and sympathetic, especially to those. Um, uh, who, who, she, who were maybe um, she felt like we you know were hurting or in need, and she was really sensitive to those. And then it included you know people, but all the way down to uh, to animals. And I think that's why she had such a tender heart for animals. Um, so as an example of that, uh, um, we came home uh, one day. I think it was shortly after she'd moved from Tennessee to um, to Arkansas, and uh, there was a dog that had been left a puppy that had been left near our, our house. Um, it had kind of been off by the fence. It was, and it was kind of huddled, and, and uh, um, definitely was not in a good situation. And I guess I should, I'll pause here and say I, I really do love dogs. Like I love dogs. I love hanging out with other people's dogs, petting dogs, going on walks with dogs. But this dog, I mean, I tell you, it was it was a challenge for me to uh, to show any affection to. And but mom, mom just took that dog in, and she um, she got like managed to like slowly coax it. I think she started beginning a little bit of food finally coaxed it and got it to you know come and then she carried it back to to her house and, and cared for it. Even though I would say the dog was a lot of trouble and was very particular um about in several different areas she was very um very faithful and loving towards it um until she moved to the to the um nursing home. So that's just one example of where mom mom cared and loved um things that obviously couldn't you know care for her back, but she was still very sympathetic and, and caring towards towards um towards people and other things uh and the second attribute i think deserves to be mentioned um uh, is the romantic that she was uh, i think kyle addressed this partially with his but she always loved a good love story um i think that's true you know she like loved a lot of disney uh, disney, uh, disney movies and and fairy tales things like that with with um, love stories um but she also was very from in my life, she was very um, involved. And not just involved, but even supportive and engaged in my relationship with Emily. And um, similar with Kyle, uh, I, mean, so, you know, I told her about the you know, ancient Emily. She was you know, all very excited and enthusiastic and very supportive. But she also wanted to engage in it. And so she, just like with Kyle, she, she provided the ring when um, Kyle got married. She also provided the ring for me and Emily. She actually gave her own ring, her own wedding ring, for me to propose to Emily. Um, so it was very, very sacrificial and very, and um, of her to, to provide that. I think now going forward, whenever you know, I guess just seeing you know physically the ring has supported our, our my marriage. But going forward, I think too, you know, we hope to embody the, the same love and affection and um, even marriage that she exhibited through her years uh, in in my relationship with Emily. Um, and I think just the the giving of, of you know the way that she gave the ring to me. Um, and Emily also shows her, her generous spirit. Um, she loved to give and she was always interested in it. She's, like she's always had little gifts for us or ways to express her affection. That's the way she primarily showed her love to us was by giving us gifts. As um, I mentioned this before, but she got a, a title in our family for being the bag lady because every time she came to our visitor house, she had arms full of bags carried in to, to give away to, uh, to the family. Um, one thing actually I was reminded of, even coming here today, is uh, growing up as a kid, they would come here and I think in addition to, you know, maybe having a night with the grandparents in the RV, they would have one, um, they'd try to take a kid out, I think one day a week or something to go out to eat. Um, and back when I was a kid, um, I guess I should, I should put that uh, qualifier in there. My favorite restaurant in the entire world was Long John Silver's NW, which is actually right across the street. And I love that place. And you know, getting that full frosted mug of root beer and then getting the fried chicken and, and, and fries, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, and uh, so every time, mom, 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 and, and pop, pop would take me to to get Long John Silver's AMW in here. It was you know very special. And looking back on it, I could say you know for most adults, it's probably not top of the list for where you want to go. Um, but she didn't you know she didn't care. She she was willing to um, to, to sacrifice her desires and her preferences um, to keep her grandson happy. And so that was really you know just a, a, I think a demonstration of her generosity and care um, for me. And then, lastly, uh, I think something that's been mentioned is her dry sense of humor. Um, she was always, she was very funny, um, and it, it was always kind of it was kind of a, a type of humor that would catch you off guard. Um, you know, it'd be even. I mean, she had it through her entire life. I feel like even in, until recently, the last you know year, she was still. You know, we'd come in to see her, and oh, mom, mom, how are you? You know, kind of, I think it's going okay. And then she'd say something, some little quip, and it'd be like, take you a few seconds. Wait, did she like, she just said a joke that, you know, sometimes be making fun of me in the middle of this, you know, serious conversation and poking fun. And so it was really funny. She had this quick wit about her, which was, which was pretty pretty funny. Actually, we talked about um, maybe today even putting a mask on her today. Um, I think that's something she would have appreciated with her dry sense of humor. Um, I guess that was a missed opportunity, but we should have, maybe we should have done that. But I think that, that dry sense of humor really brought life to a lot of people when and, and was... Um, it was, it was fun. I, I was certainly encouraged by it. And that's something that I remember when I think about my mom.
2: you
3: Hello, my name is Lydia. If any of you don't know me, I am the youngest um, grandchild of Gloria or Mom Mom as we like to call her. Um, as I've grown up, I've become increasingly aware of how truly I blessed, truly blessed I am um, to be so close to my family and to have so many people in my life that I look up to, even From my nieces to my siblings to my parents, they all embody so many unique characteristics that I really admire. And my mom was no exception to that role. She was kind and loving. She was sarcastic and quick-witted, which I think a lot of us in the family have inherited. And she was also incredibly caring. Again, she just embodied so many characteristics that I strive to have and so many characteristics that I see in the son that she raised and my father. One of the characteristics that sticks out the most when I think of my mom is her generosity. She was incredibly generous in both her time and her resources. She loved shopping and would always take me to go get new clothes for school or new swimsuits for the summer. I also remember as a kid, we spent a lot of Christmases in Tennessee and walking into their house before Christmas and just, seeing a plethora of presents under the tree that seemed never-ending. One of my favorite memories with Mom Mom was when we were up in Tennessee for Christmas one year. I think I was maybe six or seven years old at the time. And being the youngest, I was too young to go watch Lord of the Rings with the older siblings. And I was pretty sad, felt kind of left out, out. but um, Mom Mom instead let us have our own party in her master bedroom, and we watched a more of a kid-friendly movie, Herbie, Herbie the Love Bug, I think it was. Um, that memory just really encompasses who she was. She was caring and thoughtful, and I just remember feeling extra special that I got to have that one-on-one time with my um, mom. My mom was also incredibly relational. I could sit and talk with her for hours about friendships or school, and she would sit and listen and remember every detail she would also you know, ask me about friends that she had never even met, and she would remember really specific details about them that I thought was really unique. She just loved to hear about everyone, and she remembered so many things. As Luke mentioned, she also had an intense love for animals, and over the years, they had many different cats and dogs, and as a kid, I used to love to ask her, you know, tell me the story of how you got scruffy or how you got socks, and I would just... Pester her with all kinds of questions, and she would be so patient and sit there and answer all of them. But perhaps the greatest characteristic I think of when I think of my mom was her relationship with my grandfather. Even as a kid, I noticed little things holding each other's hands or kissing each other in the morning or before bed, pop up opening up the car door for her, laughing at each other's jokes. They loved each other in such a genuine way, and I admire and I think about to this day. My grandfather died in 2016, and his passing was hard on all of us. We all looked up to him and loved him so much, but it was especially hard on my grandmother. They were married for 59 years. About a year after pop Up died, I went to go visit my mom in the nursing home. She started talking about pop Up and their marriage and how much she missed him. She looked up at me with her beautiful blue eyes, and with tears she said to me, Lydia, I miss the small things of marriage. I miss the goodnight kisses and the comfort of holding his hand. I miss drinking our coffee every morning and laughing at silly things. I miss spending every day with my best friend. I loved marriage. I loved being a wife. People always think about growing old with someone, but they never think about the end. Your grandfather was such a good man, and nobody could ever compare to him. I immediately got up my phone to write that down because I just thought it was so beautiful. And Over the years, I've gone back to look at it to serve as a reminder of how much they loved each other and how short life truly is. As hard as it is to say goodbye to my beautiful and my loving grandmother, I'm so happy that she is without pain and finally reunited with my grandfather after being apart for five long years. Mom, Mom, we love you, and we miss you. Tell Pop-Pop Pie for us, and we'll see you again one day. <laughs>
5: January 5th of 1985, I became a McFarlane. When I married Kevin McFarlane, the oldest son of Howard and Gloria, and I became her only daughter and she loved me as a daughter, I will forever be grateful to the woman who raised the incredible man that I get to share life with. I'm a different woman for having spent my life with Kevin McFarlane. And Gloria is the woman that raised him. And I will always be grateful for everything that she poured into him. Her faith, her love of family, her sense of humor, the dry sense of humor. You've heard some of the stories today. Her legacy lives on in these incredible adult children that I get to be mother to. I, I'm feeling today that I'm blessed beyond what I deserve. And a lot of that is because of Gloria she and I were different in a lot of ways. We, we had a lot in common. We loved the Lord. We loved family. We loved to laugh. But she was very much a night owl, and I was a morning person. And I tend to be very bold and open my mouth and speak before I think, and she was sometimes a little more reserved. But even in spite of our differences, she loved me unwaveringly and, and faithfully. And she set an example of being there. of of, of modeling what family does. The family shows up with the birth of all four of our children. When I had back surgery, when I had surgery for cancer, she and Howard made that trek across, or she flew here, and she was there. And that legacy has been so clear these last few days. Our children have shown up. They have been here and supported their daddy. They dropped everything, and they came. And she modeled that. She modeled what that looks like. Gloria was a girly girl. You've probably picked up on that. She was of the Jackie O era. She had that tailored look and that classy look, and she loved her makeup, and she was giddy about the weddings and the babies and everything to do with feminine and romantic movies, and she loved hearing the love stories all that was about her. She loved makeup and clothes and jewelry, and whenever we would go to visit, she would always drag me off to the mall to buy me, and I always came home with a new outfit or a new piece of jewelry or something. She um, she loved makeup. She knew how to do smoky eyes or daytime eyes or, or evening eyes or whatever. Ginger used to love to just sit and watch her do her makeup and when she wasn't dipping into the jewelry box and looking at mom-moms admiring the ruby ring. But she used to tell Howard, now Howard, I'm 30 minutes from the neck up. She she took great care and attention to doing her makeup and especially her lipstick. She always put on her lipstick before she would go out. If we were going to take pictures, she would grab her lipstick to reapply. If Whether she was going out to church or going out to the grocery store or going out to get the mail the woman made sure that her lipstick was on. After she and Howard moved here from Tennessee a few years ago, it was my job, of course, Kevin was working to shuttle them to various doctor appointments. and, And after he was in the nursing home, it was just the two of us. And so Just about every week, or certainly every other week, would find us heading to Fayetteville to to one doctor appointment or another, and she would always treat me to lunch, and usually that was soup and salad at McAllister's, her favorite, and and my favorite. We enjoyed that time. And I remember one particular week, I'd gotten her buckled in, I came around, got in my side of the car, and I flipped the visor down, and I got out my lipstick, and I'm putting it on, and Gloria leans over and kind of scrutinizes my lips, and she says, is that 677? And I looked at her, and I looked at the bottom of my tube, and it was. <laughs> the woman knew her lipstick. And so in honor of her favorite 677, I bought a new tube, and that's what I'm wearing today in honor of Gloria. She always went out. She, was, she wasn't ready until she put on her lipstick. But if Gloria could be here today, she would tell you that it takes more than lipstick to be ready for real life takes more than lipstick to be ready to step out of this world and into eternal life. So whether she had her lipstick on or not, Gloria was ready to step out of this world and into eternity because of the gospel, because she loved Jesus Christ. You may have heard the gospel message many times before, but as Charlie comes to share the gospel today, if you're not sure that you're sure, there would be no greater honor to this precious woman who loved the Lord Jesus Christ than to listen attentively and be sure that you're sure that you're ready for life ready for eternal life because it takes more than lipstick thank you Charlie for being here
6: well I think we could just say amen and go home now But I have the privilege of sharing the gospel. I always like to remind us why we're here. We're here to confess Christ's resurrection. To give hope and to give comfort. To allow you to have some kind of emotional emotional or spiritual release. And to give you the hope of the gospel. Now, my wife's Gloria too, so I didn't know Miss Gloria. But... I want to talk to you about her savior. Her verse is a, what I'm about to read and listen to. What it says, Psalm 91, verse four: "He will cover you with his feathers; you will take refuge under his wings." And I think that's where she—that's what she did. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. And if you think about that, the promises of God are always faithful, and uh, they do protect. And so that was her favorite verse. i like to share with you uh, some verses out of Proverbs 31. Who can find a capable wife? She is far more precious than jewels, and I'm glad you told me you had that ring on when you came up here because I was going to ask you what happened to it, so, <laughs> but you didn't allow me to do that. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. She rises while it's still dark and provides food for her household and portions for her servants. Her hands reach out to the poor. She extends her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for her household when it snows, for all of her households are doubly clothed. Strength and honor are her her clothing, and she can laugh at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Loving instructions is on her tongue. She watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. Her sons rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women are capable, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeing, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her. At the city gates, I just think that after listening to the family, that those those words out of Proverbs thirty one are very true. Uh, I'd like to share with you a few more verses out of Ecclesiastes, which tells us about the stages of life and some things about eternity and why God does what He does. Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes three one and two tells us kind of the stages of life. There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die. And I think of Miss Gloria again. God had it planned for her birth. He also had it planned for her death. Now, we don't know where that is for each of us, but we know that God does, and that's the stages of life that God gives to us, that uh, there is a time that we come into this earth. There's a time that we... Exit this earth. Uh, Not only does he talk about stages here, but down further in, in Ecclesiastes 3, he talks about eternity. It says he has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also put eternity in their hearts. But man cannot discover the work of God has done from the beginning to the end. I think of the fact that understanding that God has placed in each of us as he did, Miss Gloria. Eternity. Everybody's going to spend eternity someplace. Every, everybody is going to spend eternity. There's only one way that we can spend eternity in the presence of God, and that is through the relationship that we have in Jesus Christ. I ran into a thing that, that, that I really like. It says, Eternity to the godly is a day that has no sunset, but eternity to the wicked is a night that has no sunrise. And just think about that. The, the fact that God gives us eternity, and he gives us the opportunity to understand what eternity is all about. You're either going to spend eternity in the presence of God, or you're going to spend eternity in the absence of God, which is hell. And so he, he says he's placed that in us. And the only way that we can ever figure out what it's all about it's through a relationship with Christ. And then further down uh, in the this, in this same chapter of Ecclesiastes, he says this, I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and in, enjoy the good life. And folks, God wants us to enjoy our life. And I think that Miss Gloria enjoyed her life. And uh, it is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. I know that all God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. And again, I think, especially at the time of death, we think more about what's, uh, wh- where we are. And here he says that God works so that we will be in awe of who he is. And so through whatever happens in our life, God is trying at all times, trying to to get us to the point of realizing how awesome He really is and what He wants to do for us, where He wants to spend eternity with us through a relationship with Christ. And so I think it's so good. And then over in, in, in John's Gospel, Jesus tells us how to handle this present day and how to prepare for eternity. John 14, verses 1 through 6 says this. And here in the first verse, he kind of tells us what not to do, but he tells us what to do. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So here he tells us, don't let your heart get all out of kilter. Miss Glory was ready to hit the trail. Okay? So don't get all out of kilter. Here he says, let not your heart be troubled. And then he tells us what to do. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus is doing the talking, so he said, hey, you, you hang on to me. Don't, don't let your heart get all messed up. You cling to me. You trust me. And then he goes on. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where, where I go you know, and the way you know. And then our buddy Thomas stands up and he says, But Lord, we know not where you're going, or how do we know the way? Now, again, thinking of the gospel, the gospel is about to come out here in verse 6 very clearly. It's, it's not that Miss Glory was a good woman, which she was. She was a very generous rom- woman. She served the Lord. But listen to what Jesus tells Thomas when he asks the question. We know not where you're going or how to get there. Jesus says these words. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Here he tells us how to prepare for eternity. Folks, the only way that we can be prepared for eternity is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Just like the familiar passage that we all know in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I think that everlasting life is quite a while. But he has has given himself. Just picture the fact that you are loved so much that someone would give their life for you. And that's what Christ has done. I don't know where you are spiritually today, but I know that Miss Glory would want you to at least consider what Christ has done for you today and trust Him to be your Savior today. I think Kyle's going to come and dismiss us.
1: All right. Well, thank you all for, uh, for coming today. Uh, I'd like to close this in a, in a word of prayer. Uh, Father, we love you. Uh, we thank you for loving us first. Uh, we thank you for Mom, mom and the opportunity to come together today to celebrate her life. Thank you for the time we were able to spend with her for the example that she has given to us. And above all, we thank you uh, for the gift of your son, um, because of whom we do not mourn as those who have no hope, because of your grace and mercy, we know that while it is sad to see her go, we know that this separation is temporary. Because of you, we can mourn and grieve in the context of hope, being confident in the ultimate promise of the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Any announcements? Yep. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. I think uh, that's it uh, for us today. I thank you once again for coming out, supporting us, supporting the McFarland family. Um, we appreciate your, your thoughts, your prayers, and your presence uh, with us today.
2: I'm going to go ahead and let you guys take as much time as you need when you're ready to go to the cemetery, okay? If you want to visit the folks here, you're more than welcome to.
6: figure out what. those earrings. I think she might even have a little plastic ring on now. your blood sugar, by the way. How did you ask that? You didn't know Today wasn't too bad. Yesterday was worse, but I needed cinnamon roll. <laughs> today it was one forty-two, 141, I think. They were eating me as Time one. Oh, is that right? It's like, I liked it, I liked two years ago. Oh, that's not too exciting. No, well, it was, but not for me. For days. Oh, you were? Yeah. Where did yeah. you your sugar. sugar go? It wasn't sugar, it oh. was dehydration. Oh, okay. It's amazing yeah, what nice. dehydration does, doesn't huh? it? Well, I well, wasn't used to sleep with it. Oh. A well i do that, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, my CO2 label is coming over my of the all
0: boils into a combination of bad news. So you were out for a while? Oh
2: gosh, it's been a campus. Dad. Huh? I said,
6: Dang. Yeah. Yeah, it got cool out there, didn't it? It was this morning, it was warm this morning when I walked. It said 51, but I said, no, it has to be warm again. It now. was I think about 60. It was warm. About 50. It I felt warm. was warm, even
2: warm, even when I came to work. My bedroom window was wide open.
6: Are you shooting the insulin now? I yeah.
2: I feel a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I need to... I,